Welcome to the Production Talk podcast with me, Jan of mixartist.com.au. In this podcast series, we celebrate the modern way of producing music. We want to talk about all things related to songwriting, recording at home and music production. So if you produce your music at home, this is the place to be. Please subscribe and recommend this podcast to all your friends. This is the Production Talk Podcast, episode 53. Welcome back to another episode of the Production Talk Podcast. I'd like to begin this episode by acknowledging the traditional owners and custodians of the country that we are meeting on today, the Arakwal people of the Banjlong Nation. And I'd like to pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. Blessed love. With me today is Josh Lee Hamilton. Thank you so much for joining me today. Welcome on board. How are you today? Yeah, great. Uh, we're here to speak about uh, your brand new album that was just released a couple of days ago last Friday. But before we uh, jump into this, would you mind to introduce yourself and tell all our listeners about yourself and your musical career? Yeah, well, my name's Josh. Um, I go by my full name of Josh Lee Hamilton <laughs> as an artist. Um, yeah, and I'm just a, a local singer-songwriter, musician from the Byron Bay area from Northern Rivers. I grew up around this area and here I still find myself. Um, yeah, and just, uh, yeah, I've, I've, I love writing and creating and, and um, having my shot at producing too. <laughs> Great. And, yeah. So. And how old were you when you picked up your instrument? You, you play guitar and you sing. Do you play any other instruments? Yeah, well, my, my musical journey started with the drums My oh, dad, cool. dad was a drummer and then it, I progressed to bass and then I'd, I think in my like late teens, I was just like obsessed with the idea of writing songs and writing melody and, and probably one of the best instruments for that is guitar. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> so it just, I sort of drifted away, even though I was very obsessed with that stuff when I was younger, um, yeah, I'd become more of a songwriter and just went down, yeah, grabbed the guitar and it's pretty much self-taught. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so I had a few formal lessons, but nothing too rigorous and long. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I wouldn't have guessed that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got some strange things that I do, but yeah. <laughs> mm, okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, your new record is out, a new album, and you actually released it as an album because, you know, a lot of musicians today release just a string of, of singles but mm. it's a proper old school album yeah well to be honest like mm. it, it was preceded with a fair few singles <laughs> from mm. it but um i wanted to i was at this point where I, the amount the content that i had i wanted to sort of package it and make it something to define that musical moment in my life and that's yes. where i was like i had nine songs and like that feels good together as a package mm -hmm. even though it's been a slow burn, writing and producing um, sort of adventure over the last, I guess it's 
started in 2018, so four years. <laughs> well, <laughs> it should take yeah. long. It should take a lot quicker than that. But yeah, I've had a lot of other things going on. So yes, yeah, I, I understand. <laughs> well, obviously there was COVID. That yeah, probably made things uh, really hard. But you're also a young dad. Congratulations! You've yeah. got your second one now. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get any sleep? Uh I'm pretty lucky actually. I've sort of, um, yeah, I. Sheree's pretty good and she because I got to work during the day sometimes um I, I get a pretty good wicket but yeah I've got to get up early for the first one and mm. so yeah that's sort of the deal that was struck yeah, yeah. It's, it's the first couple of years of being a dad you know yeah. you're you are tired that's normal I yeah. wouldn't, get, wouldn't have gotten through it without coffee myself I'm always tired that's for sure <laughs> cool. but it's great to see that you still find time um to make music and you, if I'm not mistaken you're actually stopping by here to meet me on the way to a gig is, is that right yeah yeah cool Yeah. So, um, what local venues do you like to to play at? Um, yeah. So here around Byron, like, um, I tell you, who's been really good lately is the Beach Hotel. They've just put on heaps of artists all through the COVID period, and Great. they've put on like a a good sort of setting for someone like me, who's a bit more like chill and sort of acoustic singer songwriter, that doing a lot of day gigs and so, yeah, um, that's that's been pretty good lately. Like the last year. Um, Excellent. Yeah, and then I, I was, I'm going to play Fresh tonight, which, which they've just gone from doing for the last five or seven years a gig every night. Sometimes mm. it was two gigs a day, every day of the week. But recently they've tapered it back to three nights now. <laughs> so I'm doing one tonight. But yeah. Excellent. Good. <laughs> It's been Fantastic. a while. Yeah. But uh, let, let's talk about your, your album. So you said you started four years ago. So can you share the process of, of how the songs were written with us? Were, did you finish writing all the songs before you started recording? Was there a cutoff point where you said, okay, songwriting is done and now it's time to head into the studio? Or how did it happen? It didn't happen like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was very much, uh, yeah, progression of songwriting and and recording as I went, yeah. Um, yeah, to be honest, I look forward to doing my next one because that's how I want to do it. I sort of want to have a lot more ducks lined up. <laughs> yeah. So But, yeah, it was a bit of more of a just a, uh, a flow through life of wrong, uh, of writing and then getting in the in, mm. into a studio and recording and okay and yeah so you were still writing some songs while you were already tracking some other songs is that right yeah yeah mm. yeah yeah that's why probably why it took so long oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and josh when do you know that a song is ready for recording you know when do you get to the point where you say okay i'll leave the lyrics the arrangement the melodies everything is perfect we'll leave it like this and we'll track it now how do you know that you're at this point because songs evolve Yeah, well, I tell you how songwriting often goes for me. Like, um, a chorus comes, and then, and then I'll get a pretty good th like, and then I love writing bridges, oh, and yeah. then, um, and then I have a ver first verse, and then I'll I'll like decide I might even go and play live with a song just with the choruses, one verse. I repeat that first verse. And a bridge. But then when it comes to studio time, I'm like, oh, I've got to write a second verse. Like mm -hmm. this, I, I can't, like, I was so excited about the song. I just wanted to go and play it, you know, yeah. like, um, and hadn't written my second verse. So that usually the very last thing for me to do in terms of writing is 
writing a second verse. Um, and then also like trying to work out that version of your song that's, um, guess it's a tight little package. Like when you play live and that, you can go over that five minute mark and it is nice when you can make it a concise little package that's, mm. and trying to work out which bits okay, um, so you're, read you're to be saying, pulled back. You're yeah. saying that, you know, live the songs can be a bit longer, but when you track, they need to be... Yeah, they don't have to yeah. be, but mm. like I guess, um, yeah, I, not that I'm really going for commercial purposes, but it is good when they're just that bit of a smaller, like yeah. four, maybe four minute max. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. good point. Mm. Unless you're doing some experimental. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a friend of mine once said that, you know, it's, it's important to finish a song before the listener is, is ready to skip to the next song. So that, you know, by the time you get to the end of the song, they just want to go back and listen again. Well, rather yeah. Rather than saying, okay, I've got it now, let's skip forward. Well, that's, you know, and that's, especially in this modern world of streaming, that's mm. like you've got to create that desire to listen again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. Good. And um, then some of the work that you did uh, was actually recorded in studios. You know, we worked together for mm. a small section there, yeah. but other parts were recorded at home, if I'm not mistaken. Can you explain and can you expand on that? Yeah. Well, the first few tracks i um was just at garrett's studio so he's um yeah he's got a cool little garage studio which is with some solid gear and stuff and he's got a pretty good ear and so yeah, yeah i worked with him for about four songs um I, i guess some of our listeners may not know which garrett you're oh talking sorry about. garrett, garrett to, cato he's yeah, a sort of like a a big name in the industry yeah yeah he's yeah. a great singer songwriter and does Musician great production as well so yeah yes I, i love his music so an amazing human being and very creative you know? yeah yeah he's yeah. awesome so um that was a great process um sort of seeing how he works and um sort of being inspired to to try and do what I can as well. It's a combination of like having that um, sort of like creative growth and skill skill growth as well. Yeah. Like obviously there's skill in it. And um, and then also <laughs> it's another factor is like working out a way that you can make good music without massive budgets. <laughs> mm, <laughs> so, of course. Which is like, yeah, yeah it's, yeah. it's uh, as an independent artist, um, mm. if you're getting paid amazing advance uh, yeah <laughs> so, go to town but yeah <laughs> would you mind to just uh, sum it up for me which which uh, signals did you record in a studio oh, and yeah. which ones did you record at home yeah so um so my ones that i sort of um started record like the bread and butter of recording um is hair in the breeze um uh hair in the breeze seasons um, oh, I've gone blank. Yeah, about five songs. Um, Feels Like Fire. Um, there's two others. I just can't even think of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I Still Love You. But yeah, so most of like the the bread and butter of those songs I did at my mum's place. She's got this cool... Yeah, right. Yeah. So um, she's where I've... Her place is in the, in the country. Um It's an old primary school and it's got this high ceiling. It's got a blackboard in it still and it's got this amazing like, um, yeah, like live 
like an existing reverb in it, which is probably not ideal if you want control over your sound, but I've sort of like it um, when it comes to vocals, especially like live performances, I'd sort of just um, make the most of it. And yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So, and then also, I've even done drums in there. Garrett did two mm. drum tracks. He comes, he brought his gear to my mum's place, and he's like, this. This place is awesome. Like he want, he wanted to <laughs> hide my mum's place out during the day while she's at work to do his own stuff. So, yeah, um, yeah. And then we we did about three or four tracks at drums here at SAE, didn't we? So um, a while ago, yeah, yes. yeah, um, in twenty twenty. So, and they were like, um, yeah, I I've done the bread and butter. I just I with where I'm at. To, to do a, a full drum sound is beyond mm. my skill set and also, yeah, yeah. my gear. <laughs> so Help yeah. me out quickly. My memory is a little bit vague because it's been a while, but um, wasn't that pa a package of a prize that you won somewhere or am I yeah. remembering that incorrectly? Yeah, no, yeah. So I, I won like a singer-songwriter um, category in the... Uh, North Coast Dolphin Awards and the prize package was recording time here at SAE and I was like, oh, I really need to do drums for my songs and this is the perfect opportunity. So, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at that. That's how it came. That's how we actually met for the first time. Yeah. 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 Um, With I Ben was... Cox playing drums. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Ben. Uh, big shout out to Ben. Legendary mm. drummer. Yeah. The thing is, you know, I probably was at the Dolphin Awards there uh, as well, but we probably walked, you know, or met each other there. I'm not even sure if we have, but we probably sat, you know, next to each other somewhere. Yeah. Um, and then we actually met in the studio and got the drums into the big room and, you know, hit record. And I think you brought in some playback uh, files, some, some guide vocals, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. We had I'd... something to listen to, like guitars and vocals believe yeah something? guitars i think i think i'd only got to guide track stage on a few of those mm. songs um yeah so maybe one of them was more a lot more further along yeah um but most of the songs were at guide track just yeah trying to play my tightest tracks for the drummer <laughs> that, that's yeah. fair enough and yeah. you know the idea of a guide track is always to replace them later anyway yeah so you ended up with you know drum files mm. and um I think, you know, fr from there it moved then on to your home studio and then you bounced for and back with Garrett. So I guess the files traveled quite a bit from Pro Tools in one studio and then I think we needed to get the files into, was it Logic? Were you working in Logic at that yeah, time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you just gave me a big mm. export of all the... Of WAV files, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there we go again. It's it's what I call DAW hopping. Yeah. Uh, which is yeah. a bit of an involved process. And, you know, a lot can go wrong along the way, but mm. it worked out for you. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And when you then worked with Garrett, did you stay in the same piece of software or did you change DAW again? Well, with those songs that I produced and I, I came to you with the drums, I pretty much... I sort of finished them off like with my own means um with my studio that i set up out at my mum's place in her great yeah so i pretty much did all my instrumentation and my tracking myself um yeah and i actually sent um one song to garrett for a mix and a guy up in brisbane that i know as well so yeah mm. so mixing's sort of um i 
I had a good shot at it because <laughs> I like trying to do it, but then I realized that I've got to like hand it over. So, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. So you sent the mix out to two different people and was it like a, like a mixing shootout? Where oh, no, no. Just, just better or? Uh, I knew that a certain song was going to suit a certain mixer and then. Ah, uh, yeah, good. Yeah, so. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you already had a feeling for who's strong at certain uh, certain tones or certain vibes? Yeah, yeah. Mm, excellent. Yeah. Look, I, I listened to the record many times and I didn't pick up on different mix engineers. To me, it sounds like one album. That's good. <laughs> I was worried about that. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be able to pick the song. Yeah. Can, you, can you spill the beans? Can you can you tell us which song was um, mixed? Can can you also say the name of the guy or is that something you Oh, yeah, about? Brett Anthony Shaw. Yeah, he's a... Anthony. Um, yeah, he's... He's an interesting fellow, actually, because mm. he um, he does a, like, a lot of composition stuff. He's oh, okay. a really brilliant piano strings player. Yeah. And he actually, oh, he was an amazing asset because he'd add these like beautiful like sort of textural string lines, even if it was just stroking one note on a violin. Mm. And it just like, he'd send back a mix and he said, oh, because that's what I'd do. I'd like, I'd love the idea of like some sort of textury string thing and you're in logic yeah. you're trying to find that thing on a midi and yeah. it sounds pretty cool and you're like oh that's all right like and you sort of keep it low on the mix because you know it's a little bit um inauthentic but it's still creating an effect <laughs> but then he'd replace it with like a legit string recording and and sometimes keys and that and i was like oh my gosh that's took it to the next level like <laughs> so that was um Yeah, a big factor as well. I was like, oh, br yeah. did you know about that, or did he just? No, nah, he to told do me it? he was going to do it, okay. and I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, like if you want to, like. And then I'm Great. like, oh, yeah, <laughs> it was worth it. Fantastic. Yes. And uh, second, which song was that? I think I missed that earlier. Oh well, that song? particular song, the yeah. first song I sent to Brad was Seasons, mm. and it's sort of got this droney string that just harmonically yeah. goes through the thing as a pad, and um. I was just like, oh man, that just took the song to another level. So mm. yeah, added yeah. the vibe. Yeah, it was yeah. a real vibe thing. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's one thing that I really like about the the record. It takes me places. Um, it triggers my imagination, and you know, oh, cool. the, the cover artwork that you found for it is is perfect for it. I reckon. Yeah. It's a perfect uh, place, and you know, it, it's so relaxing. Your music, it's uh, it's vibey, and it takes me to you know a nice little cottage. Fire going, beautiful view over the countryside. That's that's sort of what I feel when when I hear your music. I'm not yeah, quite nice. sure if you could relate to that, if you even intended anything like that. But that's what it does to me. So yeah, that's good. Yeah, uh, it's calming. Very nice. Yeah, <laughs> we want to good for a kids, calming. by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny, hey, like like maybe like feels like fire is a bit more of a upbeat song. Mm. And, But yeah, people still say it's calming. So I just, oh, that was me yeah, giving it, it a good red hot go. <laughs> it's your vibe. Yeah, yeah. yeah cool, nice, <laughs> nice. And um, so, in retrospect, which parts of the album came together easier, and which ones were more of a struggle for you? Um, oh yeah, I guess to be honest, like the last two songs that I worked through, which was days like yesterday and. Um, still love you. I got to a point in them where I was just like, yeah, sort of tracking and then it got to the point where I just didn't know what was going on. You know, when you get lost in a song, even like the mix isn't making sense. 
like so you get a feel mm-hmm. even when you're just tracking and you're sort of doing subtle mixing as you're going like oh everything's clicking and yeah it was one that there was those two songs and I guess I had to work through them a bit harder with the mix guy as well just to get it all to sit to make it feel like it made sonic sense and mm. the song worked as a vibe like yeah there's always those songs that are a bit more yeah testing and they just don't flow but and I don't I guess I don't know like it would be nice if every song did but yeah maybe it should but yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. look rest assured every yeah. every album has the songs that come together easily and the ones that are a real problem yeah but that doesn't really matter. You know, creative yeah. processes are meant to be a bit messy, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what advice would you have for other musicians who are maybe stuck in their own projects and, you know, don't really manage to break through and, and you know, get somewhere? I don't know. I'm at a stage right now where I'm just like, just keep doing it. Like, I guess, yeah, that whole idea of perfection can be very stifling. Um, mm. Especially, yeah, like, When it's that combination of creativity and also if you're self-producing, it's the technical world as well. Yes. Um, yeah, and then like probably no, like for me right now, it's just like, oh, I definitely know my limit. It, like I can't make, like punch out a killer mix, you know, like mm. I sort of know about it and that. So that's to know where to hand it over, you know, but um, yeah, yeah uh, I reckon just... Maybe not be too hard. like people can be very hard on on themselves, you know, and um, just yeah, and, and it's amazing like how things are like some songs are subpar sonically or whatever, and they still go really well. Like if the song's got like a certain magic in it, you can rely on that. Yeah, quite a lot, you know. Oh, Obviously, there's a more, yes. there's a sonic quality that can be that bad that you can destroy it, but with the, the amount of access we have to gear in home, basic home studios, you can pull it off. Like, it's yeah. not impossible. So Yeah, nice. Yeah. nice. Yeah, that's what I reckon. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, would you mind to share a bit more about your home studio? How does it look like? How big is it? What kind of gear uh, do you use? Yeah, so um, it's portable. <laughs> I wish I had a permanent space. I'm working on that. Um, but, yeah, like, I, when it comes to i just have an interface i don't have any so i've just got um the claret um focus right claret um they're lovely yeah i have really a, good converters yeah yeah so um and then when it comes to my mics i mostly use a rode ntk um mm. with the one that's got the external power supply it needs the the yeah it's a tube microphone yeah yeah tube microphone mm. yeah so and um Yeah, I've, it's got a nice sort of like brilliant sound about it. It sort of seems to work with mm. like most of my songs and my sound in general. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm keen to get more options up my sleeve. Like I, I pretty much use that through for all my tracking. I've got another like less expensive Rode mic, like a $400 Rode NT1A or something and... Yeah, like if I'm trying to get it to a stereo, um, se like sound for my acoustic or something, I'll use that one at the same mm. time. But yeah, um, yeah, that's and in terms of my gear, that's basically it. And then a Logic session, cool. And yeah, <laughs> and I guess some headphones. Do Do you have speakers? Yeah, I've got um, the Yamaha um, 
HS sevens. I think they yeah, are. Lovely. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. So yeah. The, I use those not so much in a session. I sort of just keep my headphones on in the session. Mm. I don't. Um, I sort of use those when I'm like going through mixes and assessing yeah. other people's mixes and yeah, use yeah, them right. as my mm. benchmark. Of But when you track, you just leave the speakers off and, and use headphones only. So it's basically mm. a Focusrite interface, um, two microphones from Rode headphones, mm. and you're ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> cool. It doesn't have to be any more complex than that. Yeah? No, you can yeah. achieve a lot this way. Yeah. Um, mm. I'm looking forward to getting some more gear, but <laughs> I, like I said, like I was just like, I'm not going to let, you know, what I don't have stopped me doing mm. stuff. So, yeah. Okay. Mm. Uh, you mentioned that you also played uh, uh, with MIDI in, in Logic. Do you have an, a keyboard for that or do you work in, with the mouse and the piano roll editor? What, what's your workflow there? <laughs> okay. So, this is interesting because I love keys in a song and I, and um, and obviously doing MIDI for other things like strings and that. And But I'm not very much a keys player. So, I have a keyboard, I play it And then I go back and I edit it. <laughs> mm, okay. So I like I practice it as much as I can. But yep. um, yeah, it's often pretty simple stuff. But um, yeah, just go back and edit the touch, the velocities of the mm. notes. Try and make it sound human. So it's mm -hmm. not like I don't I don't put things on. That's another interesting thing I, I learn on the process as well. Um, I didn't edit to the grid. I edited to like what was driving the song in my mix. So like oh, yeah. say if a drummer and a bass was really pushing it, I'd edit to their their wave, you know, like so yes. that became my reference rather than everything had to line up with the, the click track grid. Um, oh, that's a fantastic piece of information. So yeah. you actually didn't go for the grid line, but you lined up the transients basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd... I don't know if people do that or not, but I know a lot of people like it is a good way to chop up work. chop up their stuff on the grid. But mm. sometimes I'm like, oh my, yeah, like that could if the song's already working, yeah, rhythmically, um, yeah. So because that's my weak point in my playing <laughs> is my piano skills. But I was, it's simple, and I like I can pull it off. But then. In terms of MIDI, you have the opportunity to edit, so I do. Mm. <laughs> and, yeah, good. A, and yeah, and that's that. I was just decided, oh, I should edit to like what's creating the rhythm of the track, you know, not mm -hmm. not necessarily the grid. Not everything's about the grid. So yeah. yes, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, I sometimes use a little production trick that's called um, tempo mapping. Yeah, where I basically teach uh, my DAW in this case Pro Tools to move the grid to where the drummer hit it. Oh, that's great. So in other great. words, the grid is no longer static no, um, oh. like a computer, but it actually yeah. moves to where the drummer played it. That's and cool, it's, eh? it's not a hard workflow. It's very, very simple to do. And then everything else can fall onto the grid and locks in with the drummer, which is a, that it's is, a nice technique. I wish yeah. I didn't know about that. <laughs> uh, I, I can show you. It's also it's doable in logic as well. Oh, my know? gosh, yeah. It's, I had a feeling that I'm like, I'm doing things manually, but I feel like, I'm missing out on some yeah. very valuable <laughs> skill right now that I should that would make because the workflow wasn't ideal. Actually, it's very tedious just going mm, through. And, of course, yeah. it's yeah. time consuming. Yeah. Yeah. But look, nobody cares about how you did it. You know, it sounds great. And yeah. That's all that counts. You know, the result is there. So yeah. It really doesn't doesn't matter how you did it. 
Yeah. <laughs> but I really like the idea, you know, and it, it makes sense. The, the vibe that I'm getting from your music is definitely not, you know, the grid kind of a vibe. It's it's a really organic, you know, a human feel to it. Mm. And now, now that you say that you added it to the drummer's performance, not to the grid, that makes perfect sense. You know, that explains some of yeah. the beautiful vibes that I'm catching here, I guess. Yeah. But, mm, lovely. Yeah, songs are good when they push and pull, so... <laughs> Yeah. Mm, okay. Um, I, I know that um, sometimes things can, you know, go wrong in production. Did you have any catastrophes along the way? Any uh, dramas? Any lost files or computer crashes? Oh, I've been pretty good when it comes to that. Just that um, practice of backing yourself up. Like I'd, oh, I have, I had lost a lot of stuff before once on an mm. old computer back when I was younger and ever since I remember just being like basically the computer that had my I have the recordings of what I did when I was younger but it's only mp3s like the mm. all of solid files of the sessions and the wavs like I couldn't do anything with an mp3 like I Pickle. lost I yeah. lost it all yeah like and, um strangely enough some of that that stuff I got featured on triple j on earth when I was younger um for like stuff I did in my bedroom. <laughs> oh, like, wow. Yeah, yeah. And they, they, they rang me up and said, do you want to be a feature artist? Like, we love this song that released. And, and, and yeah, so it was a really weird like experience of like just putting something out there. Then it, and it, I mean, it didn't blow up or anything, but it was a cool like encouragement, to, you know, like of that course, it got recognized. Yeah. 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 How old were you when that happened? I was 21. Yeah. So it was a while ago. Um, But yeah, that the solid files, like in terms of like, um, like that was purely self mixed. wasn't even mastered. They played tracks that weren't even mastered, like yeah, on radio. So well, yeah. So yeah, I just put it up on Triple J. Like it was full DIY, and but yeah, I didn't have the opportunity to master them because mm. I'd lost. Like you can't. Can you master an MP3? <laughs> no, it's probably not really worth <laughs> yeah. doing. Uh, like yeah, like I lost, yeah, so that mm. yeah, that was traumatic. <laughs> Depends a bit on, you know, what, what bit rate MP3 it is. Yeah. You're definitely not with a bad one. And, you yeah. Know, look, chances are, once it's an MP3, once you start to bring up the musical detail, you also hear all the imperfections that MP3 introduces. So it's a trade-off and chances yeah. are that that wouldn't work. Yeah, but look uh, again. It doesn't really matter, you know. You got the media attention. It was yeah. played on the radio, so it was obviously good enough for them. So who can argue yeah, with yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, you know, It was definitely good enough. <laughs> That's fantastic. Cool. Let, let's just stick with the album production for a little bit longer. So you didn't actually have this point where you switched from songwriting into rec recording. That was more of a transition period. What about the step from production and recording into mixing? Mm. Did it all happen at the same time or was it also, you know, song by song on ongoing? I'd usually have like two songs done and then two songs that I was working on. So like, oh yeah, yeah, they sort of come in pairs or sometimes triplets, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it was just like, to be honest, I was sort of not doing anything to a solid plan. I was just doing things when I could <laughs> mm -hmm. so and where things were at. But, um, uh, but yeah, when it came to mixing... I'd, I'd really give it a red hot shot, my own go of like where I wanted it to be sonically and just especially with levels like and then even just effect-wise and tone and I'd send that to the mixer as my pre-mix, you know, so to be 
a okay. reference point. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and I enjoyed that. Like, I was just like, and it's something I want to get better at. And, but yeah. <laughs> okay. And did your mix engineer use this as the foundation and work from there, or did they start from the beginning again? I actually don't know. I was very curious about that because I'd send them the logic session that okay. have, and most of the, the only thing that, that can be the the tricky thing is if that you're depending on a sound from a plug-in mm. and they don't have the plug-in. Yeah. It actually, I don't think that actually happened. I think it, yeah. Like I use um, Valhalla reverb for just my guitar stuff, sometimes with a vocal effect and it seems like those guys had it, so... Yeah, mm -hmm. it was good. <laughs> yeah, they're really good reverbs, and they're yeah. also very reasonably priced. I find. Yeah. You know, what are they? Fifty bucks or so for something that can. Yeah, I bought the whole with the other big ones. Whole suite of them. So. <laughs> nice. <laughs> cool. Excellent. Excellent. So, um, so you said that you know two songs were done, and then you worked on the next two. So when the second lot of songs got into mixing stage, did you? reference back to the previous ones to just keep it tonally and balance wise and in the same pocket yeah um i did and that's what i was aiming for i did find some songs had different energy and and even like maybe that's an energy thing but then mm. even like from a technical perspective like the gain structure might not have matched i was like why yeah. is this song sitting just a little softer yeah so um i guess when you're doing things like an album piecemeal with a lot of time between songs, mm. that continuity of like your settings and of sound and yeah. and energy. It might, might even be subliminal, might be within yourself, like how you're performing mm -hmm. in that, you know, <laughs> in that moment compared to six months ago. So Yeah. Yeah, course. I don't know. I found, but I definitely tried my, I was conscious of that and I was trying to do everything I could, like, especially in the post-production realm, to get it to be close, yeah. Yeah, right, yeah. okay. Yeah. So when it comes to, you know, you mentioned gain staging and, and the volume of, of mixes, that sometimes actually takes to the mastering stage for it to be, you know, balanced out. Mm. Because when you mix several songs and you work on the last song, chances are you don't exactly know how the overall energy of the first song was. Yeah. You know, because it, it's such a time-consuming Uh, process so it's quite normal for you know a bunch of approved mixes to be somewhat inconsistent in volume yeah. and then in mastering that's when that's straightened out I guess yeah so with the mastering I used the same master okay so was that done in one lot or no, song by song as well song by song oh, wow. and I was always okay. telling her mm. like um, Kathy Norton is her name she's down, based down in Sydney um, um, I was always saying can you get it to be close to the sonic realm of these other songs? Because yeah, right. this is, it's all tying into it. So I was conscious of that and letting her know. So Okay. Yeah, yeah. So she basically knew to keep it in a similar pocket as the first song she mastered. And yeah. then she could reference, she probably had them on fire, I would assume. Yeah. And yeah, kept yeah. them and, you know, always made sure they worked together because I guess that's one of the things we really want for mastering when it comes to album work is to make sure it sounds consistent. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, like it all belongs together, which is probably not the case if you master individual singles without considering the other songs. Yeah. Mm. Actually, the only song she didn't master was the very last one on the album called Seasons. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so the guy, yeah, right. Brett, mixed and mastered that one. Yeah. So, and I was just like, oh, I don't want to change it. Like, I've already released it. I didn't. So, and it, 
because that's what one of the reasons I made it the last song as well. So it's like the taper off, mm. so that it felt if it did feel different sonically. It was the last song. You can do that with the last song. <laughs> I get it. Well played, Joe. <laughs> well played. Uh, and wow. it felt good as the last song anyway. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm actually quite amazed, you know. Mm. To me, it really sounds like it's cohesive. It's like, yeah. you know, coming out of the same record. And yeah. uh, now um, that we very, take very it apart here, it's saying that. Yeah. Uh, the odds were not actually yeah. with you yeah. on this. You, you know, see the backstory. There back so many things that could... <laughs> could lead to different tonal changes. Yeah, I could have, and, it could have been a real mess. Yeah, yeah it, <laughs> that was clearly an option, though, but you yeah. know, creative processes can be messy. And yeah, uh, yeah. again, your, the outcome speaks for itself. Yeah. So um, I, I really enjoy the journey that this album takes me on. So I, I really like how you arrange the songs on the album, mm. how the energy flows through it. And uh, Yeah, cool. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, great to know that you, I'm old you feel school. like it's I, a nice package. I, I, still, <laughs> I still like to listen to albums start to finish, and yeah. I know that doesn't happen a lot these days, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's very enjoyable, the journey that you take us on there. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and I also tried it on my kids in the car. <laughs> Calms them down too. Oh, <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, in competition with the Wiggles now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That doesn't calm kids down. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> Say, what advice would you have for us to get the best performances out of yourself when you when you are at home mm. and you're the engineer and also the musician and you constantly need to alternate between playing your instrument and performing and then operating logic and, and mm. managing microphones and gain staging, you know, the technical mindset? Yeah. How did you manage moving in and out of these two worlds? Did it make it harder for you to perform? Well, it's interesting you say that because actually the main draw card of self-production for me was actually that ability to have a bit more flexibility to capture the best performance. You know, like I guess if you're going in and doing a session with someone and you're on the clock and you're paying mm. like money, um, often like can be pretty expensive and... Yep. If it's that day you're out, for whatever reason, you just had a horrible sleep the night before, or coming down with something, or, yeah, like, um, I don't know, like, that was the draw card to, like, have that flexibility, like, oh, I'll just do it again. Like, I'll find mm. that day when I'm performed, like, I'm in a better headspace, and that's a bit of a bummer that that day meant nothing, but um, I'll just give it, yeah, you know. So, that when it comes to performance, that was the big draw card. But then on that moment when you're balancing, um, yeah, the technical world, the creative world, the feeling world, because like you, when you're singing and performing, you don't really want to be thinking about that stuff. You want to have that stuff, you know, distance. So, um, yeah, it's a little bit tricky. Like, because lately I've been trying to just pull off some really good live recordings And okay. that is high pressure in the sense that you got to get through a whole song, not stuff up anything. Like when you're playing tracking guitar and voice at the same time, you like yeah. you can't be sort of like why you're playing, thinking about something else because you might then sing the long, wrong lyrics or just hit the wrong chord. And then mm -hmm. even though you performed, you know, 90% of that song amazingly, that one stuff up like could just be like, oh, I've got to do it again. So yeah. I don't know, like I, but yeah, um, I guess there's less pressure when you're tracking just 
instrument by instrument, like because you know you got more editing power, like that helps. So, but yeah, and I try and get all the technical stuff done at the start, and then I try mm. to switch off from it. Yeah, because okay. I yeah I believe that a performance is are better when you're not really engaging with that technical world too much. <laughs> mm. Just in, as an energy thing, you know, so, yeah. Okay. Wise words. De yeah. Definitely. <laughs> um, when you're by yourself, is it harder to understand what your performance was like? Do, when you work with others, is it easier to say, wow, that was a really good take, you know? Um, and I know that when you perform yourself, you need other opinions yeah. to, to really see through what, you did and hear it with somebody else's ears is it harder to do this by yourself do you find or yeah that is the downside mm. yeah I and I I guess when I mean, you're just left to your own ears and your own decisions and your own means mm. um, yeah just when it comes to like reflection and assessing what you know if something's good or not um, sometimes you need that yeah that feedback that that soundboard to yeah Yeah, outside perspective. So, yeah, the home the home studio solo DIY environment. That I reckon that's the downside about it. Mm. Yeah. And so. did you get a bit of feedback from the people you collaborated with, with Garrett? And I, when I was tracking with Garrett, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Okay. that was definitely upside. So, mm. yeah, um, straight up, like that was a great take. Or that, yeah, you should definitely do that again. <laughs> like, you know, like. Um, Yeah, and just like creative decisions as well. Like, should that part exist or not? Should it be less or more? And, you know, like, um, yeah, that's definitely beneficial to have that feedback in that realm. Mm. As long as there's, you're not going down the path of um, creative conflict. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which can happen. Yeah, yeah, that's just, and it doesn't take too long for that to happen sometimes. So, mm. yeah. It's a, yeah. <laughs> okay, good. So you're done with the album, and I know that you know getting to the stage when it's mastered and you finally release the record—that's a huge milestone. But it actually continues from then on, and you now need to promote your album and I guess play live and tour a lot. I hope. Have you have you got shows booked? Yeah, over the next coming weeks, it's, a month. It's interesting, hey, because hmm. like some of the songs have been released as single, singles, singles, and. Um, yeah, I've put in some more work on some songs when it, when it comes to promo than others, like depending where I'm at, you know, like, um, and I, with this album, I've done a little bit, but I've sort of, um, I've, I've let it be just a little bit because I've just got so many other things going on. I just had a mm. kid, uh, my second born six weeks ago and it's a little crazy in the house. So, um, But I do, I was just, I went to uh, a, a hall concert for someone else's album launch the other week and I was just like, oh, yeah, I want to do that because it's so nice to celebrate your music and your hard work and um, with some sort of live experience, something Definitely. more intentional. So yeah, that's, um, yeah, I, I plan to do that in the spring, I reckon. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously, with a young family, you know, all bets are off, and uh, you just have to 
I guess, live your life day to day. In, a in little ways. bit, yeah. But uh, you've got a bit of a gem there with your album. So uh, yeah. do whatever you can to make some noise around it and, and draw attention to it. And uh, definitely, you know, um, to all the listeners, uh, go to the show notes, scroll down, hit the button and uh, listen to Josh Lee Hamilton's new album, Days Like Yesterday. Yeah. Well, what's your preferred place for, for listeners to go to? I mean, I, I digest music on Spotify. Yeah. Well, that's where I am. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Spotify or the other I, streaming services? Uh, they're all the same, like the experience. <laughs> it's been, it depends what one you choose. Like I guess there's a lot of value in if someone decides to purchase it, uh, purchase it on iTunes, you know. But, mm. um, but then, yeah, like I listen to a lot of music on Spotify that I like, so, yeah. and, um, you know, and I share it around if I like it too. So, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. And do you plan to release the album as CD or vinyl, as, as a hardware, so to speak? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I want to be at my gigs. Mm. I haven't re organized that yet. It's so interesting okay. because like, you know, even just five years ago, to have that ready was the biggest deal. But now it's just like, you ask yourself the question, should I print out CDs? Like, mm. you know, and if you're not doing live shows and why would you? <laughs> That's a really It's good so point. expensive yes. to print out like CDs like. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I'm still doing enough shows, especially locally. And it's amazing, you know, like um, people still buy them. You're not like that used to. It used to be a lot more of a flourishing scene. But um, yeah, but I want to hand over what's current in my music world to mm. people when I, they see me play, not what's... A, Uh, another um, CD I released in 2016 could find your way. Like it's sort of not on par or representing where I'm at musically. So yeah, I'm keen to have this one printed. Yeah, good idea on this. Yeah, nice one, nice yeah. one. And uh, if people want to find out more about you and your music, uh, are you on social media or have you got a website uh, that we could refer to? Yeah, so social media wise, I'm on all the the platforms. <laughs> Um, Instagram, Facebook. I'm not on Twitter. I don't know. Does do musicians go on Twitter? Oh, some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and a website, joshleehamilton.com. Um, probably should update that. <laughs> yeah. Cool. But yeah, uh, you can find me out there in the ether <laughs> fantastic look yeah. um, i'm going to put all the links into the show notes yeah. to your social channels and of course your website and please keep me updated if you play local gigs i'm always yeah. happy to put this out on uh, the podcast uh, community on facebook yeah uh, promote this there yeah and let everybody know where they can see you live yeah i'll definitely let you know yeah. about if i do a, um an album launch show in the area be, yeah That would be fantastic. Mm. Josh, thank you so much for sharing all of this with us today. Yeah. It's an amazing record. Everybody, you have no excuse. Head over, <laughs> click the button, do the right thing and listen. Crank it up a little bit. Put on some good headphones if you want to. Uh, you know, it's, it's really a little bit of a, of a treat for your ears. Yeah, the new thanks, record. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with us today, Josh. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Josh Lee Hamilton on the Production Talk podcast. What an amazing episode. So I really appreciate you coming on board and sharing all your stories and your wisdom with us. I warmly recommend to head over to any of the streaming platforms to check out um, Josh's album Days Like Yesterday. Check out Josh on social media and if you get to see him live, uh, enjoy the show. You're up for a musical treat. 
Thank you very much for uh, listening to the Production Talk podcast. If you want to reach out to me, you can do so via my website, mixartist.com.au, where I offer music mixdown services to anybody who needs a little bit of help pushing their projects to the finish line. Before we finish, I would also like to just maybe drop one more little thing on you. Um, Musicians Australia is an organization that's been pushing for a minimum wage for live shows and I would love to see musicians embracing this and putting an end to lowball offers and venues that underpay. So I believe that uh, they suggest a minimum payment of $250 per musician per show and I think this is the absolute minimum that musicians should ever accept. I believe actually that you're probably worth quite a bit more. So don't undercut your mates but uh, yeah, okay, that's just a final thought for the episode. Uh, A message to all the listeners, to all the musicians to know what you're worth and don't budge on this. Okay, thank you very much for listening to this episode. This is all for today. I shall speak to you again next week for yet another episode of the Production Talk podcast. That's all for today. Bye for now.